Okay, so for recording, this is our afternoon session of our iOS app. I'm going to go ahead and record this uh, section, so I'm just going to click the record button. And Rachel, tell us a little bit about how you use your iPod Touch and what kinds of things you do. Uh, I have iPod Touch and, and play some games and like I like to play sometimes sticker shop and reading stories and sometimes angry birds. Okay. Talk a little bit louder. Yeah. Play angry birds, sticker shop, and maybe monkey balls. Okay. And sticker shop might not be one that you want to show them sticker shop real quick, and then audio boot. Okay. Yeah, why don't you do that? Okay, so we're going to switch over to our um, iPod. You go ahead and go there. And she's going to find Sticker Shop. And walk us through this. Tell us a little bit about what Sticker Shop is. Well, it's the one with the star, a Sticker Shop. And it's one of the games where you can practice doing your... Um, um, you can, like, make dollars, and you have to pay the certain amount that you need to buy a certain sticker. And you have to pay him with coins and find out what amount you need to use and what kind of coins you need to use. And then you can do... So show, show us. Yeah. Then and just talk, talk us through it as you show us. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to have to rotate... So hang on just a second while we readjust our little screen area. So if you didn't get that, this is a great app for working with money and learning about making change, which, as we all know, if we've dealt with teenagers working at restaurants, okay, it's a good thing to know about. All right, so walk us through this. Tell us about it. So this is Sticker Shop and... Um, this, um, up there is the man who owns the shop, and you have to pay him, so he says, welcome to Sticker Shop. We select a, um, it's like a stick, sticker from my blue book, so we'll go over here and click on his blue book, and then we can pick any sticker that's in this. So I think I'm going to pick this flower. This is a free app. Yeah, so he said, this sticker costs $1.13. and Please drag the coins to the count counter. So I'm just going to gra drag out four quarters to make a dollar. One, two, three, four. So now we got four quarters up there. Now we need to make 13 cents. So I think I would add a dime. Then 10. And it shows how much she's done. So the cost is one thirteen, and as she drags coins out, it, it changes here to show the money. So then we have ten, so we're trying to get thirteen. So it probably we need to drag out um three pennies. One, two, three. Then we would press check out. Then he'll give us um something. Now it's adding it to the red book, and 
when I click on that, that is my sticker book that I've bought all of the um, stickers in. Show us what happens if you get it wrong. Okay, so say I want to buy this purple lily pad. Then it's 81 cents. So you either got too much or you have too less. So I'm just going to drag out just a bunch of coins. So that's my coins. So you gave $0.45. I need well, at least that. So that's what happens. He doesn't add it to your um, red book. So he'll just add it back in. And it's right there. So that's Sticker Shop. All right. Awesome. Any questions anybody has for Rachel about Sticker Shop? So how many stickers do you have in your book? Well, so far, once I played it, I was there, and I filled up, I think, half of my whole book. But right now, I only have one sticker right here. Does it save your stickers? After no. You quit? When you quit and go back, you can't, when you go back in, it doesn't save your stickers. So this is a great app to, uh, for instance, use on a device that multiple students might be using, so on your iPads, and I'll show you here in a little bit too some great links to some uh, teachers in Tennessee that have uh, been using iPod, iPod Touches with their uh, kindergarten through fifth grade students and just all the apps that they use. And Sticker Shop's a great example of a wonderful game to practice math skills. One of the things that they encourage their uh, parents to do, they communicate all the time about apps they find and things because if mom or dad has an iPhone and they're in the grocery store waiting in line, isn't that nice to be able to, you know, hand their kid a game or something like that? And there's all kinds of things they can play, but obviously this is an example of one that has a lot of good skills. Any other questions or comments about Sticker Shop? Do you have any in the back channel? Anybody have any questions? Let's see. Looks like... Okay. All right. So, Rachel, tell us a little bit about Audioboo, and then we'll have you show us Audioboo. What is Audioboo? Well, Audioboo is a thing where you can record your voice anywhere at any time. You just go to the app, and you can record your voice, and you can add a picture to it. So, like, you pick us this random picture, then you can make um, a little video with it telling what is it, what is it about, and where you were. And you can just do it anywhere at any time. Okay. So, let's go over, Rachel, if you want to go to the Audioboo Audio app. She's going to push the home button, and I think we're going to need to change our screen capture region here. So, hang on just a second. You found it? Yeah. All right, Audioboo is free. And it is one of several apps that we're going to be talking about today that are, is for digital storytelling. All right. So one of the things that we did recently was we went sledding. And you know what? I think, Rachel, it'll be better. Um, this particular iPhone has been having trouble connecting to the Internet. So let's press home and let's disconnect from the Internet so that we're on 3G. So go to settings. 
This is something good for everybody to know. If we, <coughs> settings is right there in the gray. It looks like tools. Okay. Yeah. We're going to turn off Wi-Fi. So we're going to click the link that says Wi-Fi, and we're going to turn it off. What that's going to do is have us be on the 3G network. And since this is an iPhone, it should be able to connect to the Internet through... Um, We're not connected. All right. Click on record and then go back to booze. And let's see if it'll work. Go back to booze. So now it's connecting through the 3G network. And these are examples of ones that we've done before. Why don't you go ahead and play one of those? Oh, there's Antlers Forever. Do you want to play that one? Okay. And we're going to turn up the volume on here. And on. this is good to know, too. On the side of your device, on your iPhone, you've got... Audio, and you can turn up your audio. Why is that doing that? Hold it. I'm here today, and I'm going to share with some of the students that go here with AudioBoo and some with the voices and the zebra print. We are here, and some of the things are from the iPhones because voices is one of the apps. And if we go on online, we can go to zebraprint.com and see some of our um, web shows that we did with all right, so we'll pause that. That was an audio booth she recorded in Denton in North Texas for my pre-service students uh, this fall when she went down with me. Why don't you click the antlers for everyone? Yeah, so because we're logged in, it's showing ours on our device right here. Yeah, click on Antlers Forever. Okay. So it takes a minute to load. These are not only on our device, they're actually on the internet. Hi, I'm Rachel, and we're here today, and I am here and talking about Antlers Forever, and it's one of our books, and we read it. It's really a real book. It has real um, things that happen to real moose when it's getting close to winter. They lose their antlers, but it's not a real book. It has real things, but it's not real. You can buy this book. It's really a good thing to have. Okay, so an example of how we've got a little picture that we've taken, audio, we just put them together. Just really short, being able to publish it and share it. So, Rachel, will you take us through how you create a new audio boo um, about sweating? Well, first, once you get to this site, you can go to record right there. Then you would press start. Then you would um, do that then. You go ahead and do it, yes. So, yeah, this is a little example of that when we go sledding some. Hi, I'm Rachel, and we're here sledding today, and I just you learned how to use the rudder, and we t controlled it with our feet. We're here at Colorado, and we are at this big hill with other people. You can just bring your sled, and you should go sledding. It's really fun. So then, once we did that, we would click. Okay, now let's pause for just a second. This is one of the limitations of doing the sharing the way that we are um, because uh, sometimes we'll, we're going to lose our, our connection. So let me see if we can go over to our, uh, I don't know if this will work or not. 
Ah, it's not working very good. Um, yeah, go ahead and go put put the um, phone down here and see if we can put it right there while you talk about it. Yeah, okay, keep going. So, yeah, after you did that, we would be at publish. So we clicked publish. Then, I don't know if you can see it, but then we would press uh, add photo, so we would go there. Okay, so going. then we would undo this in the middle there. So then we could go to camera roll or that. So I think we're going to go to camera roll. Then we can pick just any um, kind of picture. And There's one of you uh, sledding, actually. If you go back. Where? Keep on going back. Keep on going back. Nope, nope, no. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> there you are. There you, there you sledding. Right here. Or either one. Yeah. Okay. So this is me sledding in Colorado. And so then we would press two since we found the one that we want. So then we, um, right there we have a picture right there. Then we would, um, Describe your boo, then we would. So, once you do that, so what would be a good description for this? Going sledding. Sounds good. So, we would do type in going. Going. Space. Come in. It's okay. Sled. Sled. And sledding has two D's. Yes, yeah. Sled. And what comes at the end of sledding? Iron. Good job. Going sledding. So then we press done. So. And now what? Then we would press save upload. Yep, go for it. So what's happening now is this it is... Go ahead. It is um, putting it there where our other audio booths are and it's uploading it to then once it will be down there with the other one. Alright. So now it's there. So it's, it usually takes a minute or two for it to appear on the web and is that tiring? Not really. And there it is. So it's actually on the website that we've created. So here it is, going sledding, and we can click on it. And notice that we've got on the web the whole picture that she chose and put on there. And because she let AudioBoo use her current location, and geomap the location for where we are right now. That may not be something that you want to do, or it may be. It just depends. Uh, but be aware of the safety and confidentiality issues associated with the geolocation. Um, on the iPad, I'm not sure, since it doesn't have a GPS built in, I'm not sure that it does that. Um, but that's AudioBoo. Anybody have a question or a comment for Rachel about AudioBoo? Can you play it back on your iPhone there? Yes. Yeah.
Yeah, do you want to do that, actually? Why don't you play yeah. back on the iPhone? Then, once you go there, you can go to Boo. Here, show them on the screen. Hold it up to the screen. So, because we're... Up here. Or, you know what? I bet now this will probably work. I'm going to try one more time. Hang on a second. Pause for a short technical adjustment here. Okay, let's go back to our iGimo and pick our screen region again and see if we can do this better. Okay, Rachel. Now, uh, if you would please show us how. So then, since we just took that, we would go back to Audio Boost. So we would go to Audio, and we would find Audio Boost. Then, since we're at Boost, then we could find it. So going sledding would be in here. Uh, probably back up at the top. Now, if it's not showing, there's a refresh or reload button. It's in the upper left corner. It looks like a little uh, arrow or arrow going in a circle. And so that's going to reload or refresh the booze that you have. So, yeah. So it's up at the top, and there is going sledding. So we can click it. Then it will do our boo that we did. And it takes a minute to buffer. That depends on Hi, I'm Rachel and yeah. We're here sledding today, and I just used, learned how to use the rudder, and we controlled it with our feet. We're here at Colorado, and we are at this big hill with other people. You can just bring your sleds and just go sledding. It's really fun. All right. So then you can show your boo, and you can just go and listen to it again on your phone. Thank you. All right. Any questions or comments about audio All right. Let's give Rachel a hand. Oh, Rachel. Great job. Rachel, I know too many people there can just jump up and teach a lesson without having any <laughs> Well, we, we did practice really quick outside, but one of the things that we notice a lot, or, and that I notice a lot with my, with my kids, but we notice this with any, anybody of any age who's using media. We get better as we practice. The more we do, the better we get. And as we become aware of an audience that's outside our room, we start to ratchet up our game because we recognize that other people are going to be listening. And you hear in the language of, this, of the children, you know, different kinds of, of language that, that they'll introduce themselves and talk about this and all of that. And, and the nice thing about Audio Boo is it's not live. Rachel, do you ever record Audio Boos more than once? Uh, yeah, I've recorded them more than once. Like, what was the most you think you've ever done of an Audio Boo? Like, how many times do you think you've had to try to get it right before? You think you pretty much are one? You're a one-shot audio boomer, huh? You know, 
with Sarah with some of the things we've done with VoiceThread and book reports and things, I mean, she might record three or four times, you know, in order to get it right. But that's a great thing to be able to record until you're happy with it. When we hear ourselves record, we become more aware of what we sound like, our fluency, our language, and all that kind of stuff. So, all right. Any, uh, let's see if we got any questions in the back channel for Rachel before she heads out and leaves us. Any, any other questions? Whitney says, good job, Rachel, and so did Kansas. Cindy asks, what are you using to share your iPhone screen? We're using um, a uh, program called iDemo. Thank you all. Thank you, ladies, for bringing our lunch. We're using Ustream Producer to share the screen, and um, there's a program called iDemo that we're using, um, but it does require that you jailbreak your phone in order to be able to do that sharing. And so on your phone, you run an app called Screen Splitter. It's just free, and then there's a program you run on your Mac, which is called iDemo, and that's what you're seeing here. So, again, I recommend that you invest or your school invest in a document camera to think about being able to share your applications. Um, you know, jailbreaking your device is not something that is real easy to do, and, and basically you want to have a friend who's real geeky and who's done it before to hold your hand and help you do that. And we've got friends to do that for us. So, Okay. Well, um, yes, we've got eight viewers currently. So, And if you are, uh, Charlene may have joined us from Chicago. I'm not sure who our eighth person is. Uh, but be aware that we have a back channel chat that is on iEtherpad. It is iEtherpad dot com slash iPad OKC and it's actually linked at the top of our workshop curriculum and feel free to join that. I don't know if we've reached our, our max if anybody's not been able to join. Uh, but hopefully we've got as many people as would like to uh, in there. And what oh you're ready to do work. Let me let me show a couple other apps and then we'll let you jump in with work with friends. Um, when we'll do like some here. Um, I mentioned before lunch um, that we want to talk a little bit about other productivity apps, and we talked about Notes and we talked about Evernote. Let's talk a little bit about Dropbox. How many of you use Dropbox or have used Dropbox before? Anybody? Sarah, how? What have you used Dropbox to do? Um, well, I'm going to show you later on uh, in my doing collages. To help me do, take my pictures from the i, I mean, from the iPhone to the computer. Right. So whenever you've got a need to move files from your mobile device to your computer, or in the case of what Sarah said, she got stuff on a computer and she wanted to have it on the iPad because she she got screenshots of different albums that she created. Uh, maybe we'll do that next, Sarah. Maybe you can do. Um, Brushes next as a demo. Um, it's a Dropbox is is a virtual Dropbox. So we talked about the cloud and how we save stuff out on a server. Um, Dropbox is free to use and create. I've logged into my account. You need to create an account, and it lets you create different folders. So as an example, there's different ways we've used it. I taught at North Texas this last semester, and I rode the bus, and I had to know where the bus schedule was. So I made a folder on my Dropbox 
that listed the different bus routes. And you can see on my screen, it's loading up a PDF file that's called Discovery Park. So I can put Word files, PowerPoints, PDFs, other kinds of files. And look how cool this is. I've got this whole map right here on my phone. And just like Evernote, that lets me access it from my regular computer or from my mobile device, Dropbox is the same. So I get to share files and access them. If I click this button in the corner, which is that button that looks like a box with an arrow coming out, it says, what do you want to open this in? Do you want to open it in Evernote? Do you want to open it in iBooks? Do you want to open it in Air Sharing or Stanza? Those are all applications that I have on my phone that allow for, e, for uh, PDF reading. So if it was a PowerPoint, if, and since I've got Keynote on this, it would say, do you want to open it up in Keynote? So this is a free application. It works on multiple platforms. And Sarah described what she did on, uh, in fact, Sarah, why don't you and Alexander get, the, get this iPad online? and we'll have you sh uh, show how to do it. She got a series of images, like here's Selena Gomez, here's Gwen Stefani. So she's got different uh, examples of cover art from um, her uh, iTunes collection, and she wanted to make a collage, and so we'll have her show how to do that uh, collage. You, you can, yeah, can you pass her the password there, please? So um, I'm going to start my timer and give you uh, 60 seconds. I want you to talk with your neighbor, or if you're by yourself, you can brainstorm or put into our chat. Uh, what are some ways you can think of sharing drop of using Dropbox in the classroom? Okay, what are some ways that you can think of? You've got 60 seconds. Go, or in your context, whatever your situation is. Is it a little warm in here? We told her to put the warm air on. Oh, it is? Okay. Okay, so it's warm. Warm air. 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 Brushes with the collage. Okay. Yeah, I'll show you that one too. What was the question somebody asked? All right. Good. Good question. So. Uh, Evernote is just for notes, and it's, it's like the notes application on the device, in that you make separate files and save different notes, except it saves to the cloud. The notes application can synchronize to iTunes, and it can synchronize your computer, but it doesn't go out to the cloud, where you get it from any computer. Dropbox lets you put, think about a physical drop, um, inbox that you've got on your desk. Okay? You can put a lot of different things in it. You can put file folders, you can put documents, you can put notes, you can even put pens. I mean, you know, put a lot of stuff in it. Dropbox is that way. Any electronic file that you want to share, 
you can put it on your file in your file folder. Something else that's awesome about Dropbox is that it automatically gives you a public folder. So this becomes an issue in different circumstances when you need to share a large file with other people. It is not good netiquette to email someone a 10 megabyte file, right? Because it will take them, depending on their connection, a long time to get that file. So by putting it, oops, I did the wrong one. By putting it in your Dropbox, I have a folder here that's called public. On your web, when you're in the Dropbox application, you log into dropbox.com, if you put it in your public folder, it will give you an actual link that will let you um, share that with other people. So here's a PDF of the keynote I did in, at OU. Anyway, it was a 2.8 megabyte file. Okay, How am I going to share that out with people? You don't have to have your own hosting account or pay for a website or use FTP. There's all these different ways to share files. You can simply put it in your Dropbox in your public folder. And then you can get an address that you email to people or you put a link on the web. So it's a way to share not just files for yourself, but files for other people. And I am not sure what you all can uh, take a look in the uh, in the web and maybe put it on the back channel what the limit is on Dropbox. But I think it gave you like a gig of space or something. It's locked. Two gigs of space. So that, that's a lot of space. I would say Evernote and Dropbox Awesome apps for everybody to have and use. Now, from a shared iPad cart kind of situation, think about the different issues again. You've got people sharing the same account. You're not going to know who put, you know, different files in. You know, those kinds of issues are going to come up. So, you know, way navigating those issues to other... Yes, uh-huh, you can. That's a great point. So students could have their own Dropbox and then log into their Dropbox when they're going to get their files. So good point. I really think Evernote, and you can do the same thing with Evernote. You could log in and log out. You have that issue of kids not logging out or people not logging out, just like a shared account. So you're going you're gonna to try to train them to do that, you know, because what, what happens, somebody gets access to your account. It's like Webkins. Oh, no, they sold all my, you know, toys. They, you know. Gave away all my change. I mean, if you ask, you get a group of uh, primary age students today together and say, how many of you use Webkins? How many of you have had somebody else get on your account? You'll probably have somebody who has a story about password security. Seriously. And they'll explain it in terms everyone understands. I lost all my money because, you know, I didn't log out and my brother got onto my account. Or something so, how like that. Else? so the way to share it with someone else is going to actually be on the desktop version. Um, of the of the application, so I'm going to go into my web browser. Make sure this is showing up in the background. So here I am in Dropbox. I'm going to log into my Dropbox account with my email and my password. Be really careful whenever you type a password on a screen. Make sure you're in that password folder and make sure that it's not showing one character. On the iPhone or the iPad, it always shows the first letter. Never type your password you know, when you've got this under a document camera because people are going to be able to see what it is. Here's my public folder. So here's all the files that I have. And notice that over here on the side, and I'll, well, I can click here and it says copy public link. 
there's a public link for every document that's in my public folder. It doesn't happen for other folders, but if I put it in the public folder, it gives me a public link. And I can share that link, this copied link, wrong thing, copy to clipboard, put it in an email, put it on a web page, put it in my WebCT or my Moodle or whatever site I'm using, and people can download it directly from there. And I got two gigs of space to work with. So that's quite a bit for pictures, you know, PDF files, other things like that. And you create your folder structure here, um, and it's, I'm just using the web browser. You can actually, like Evernote, download an application, but I usually just go to the web and upload files, and this is just like an attachment. If I want to put something new in my folder, Sarah Collage, I would just go to that folder and click Upload, and I browse to my file, just like an attachment for email to put it in. All right? Okay, so that is Dropbox. Let's keep with the theme of productivity, and what I'd like to do now is invite Alexander to come up, and he's going to do the third application linked under productivity, which is called Office HD. And I'm going to apologize for our remote viewers that uh, we'll have the uh, screen showing down here. Let me get the iPad. We'll zoom out. We're just going to have this kind of on the background, and I'm going to ask Alexander to kind of talk us through how he's used um, iPad. I think it's logged into my account, but your file is in there underneath Alexander. And uh, just uh, talk to us about this a little bit first. Okay. Well, I, I have had to do lots of school projects and where I've had Here, to write... Actually, can I pause you and start you over one more time? All right. Yeah, this is iPad only, and Alexander's going to talk a little bit about Office HD. I've, I've had to make um, or write a couple of papers for school and I different topics and and whenever I write papers on the computer I find that I easily get distracted because there's so many other tabs and things that I have open that it's very distracting so with this uh, office HD it's all on it's all in app based so I find that I'm a lot more focused why I use it too because um, I mean I can leave it and go to another application but it's not like on the computer when it's like right there next to it um, so and if I leave not lose all my stuff unless it's jailbroken um, which most people don't have jailbroken iPads. Uh, this is not a free app I want to say this is like a $12 app or something and uh, tell us a little bit about Google Docs. What, for people who might not know, why is it beneficial to work in Google Docs rather than just on a word processor on your computer? Because Google Docs is in the cloud, and I will write a paper at home, and then our, like one time our printer was out of ink, and I went to school and printed it off at my, um, at my school because I had it on Google Docs, and I was still able to do that. And it's don't have to have a flash drive or... Okay. Tell us a little bit about debate and how we collaborated this semester on some of your work. Well, um, I'm taking debate um, this year, and my dad is a champion debater. And <laughs> yes, of those you don't know, this is most of you probably. Um, I was 
I needed some help on doing some things, and you can. Um, Tell us about specific. Yeah, I know. What are you doing? I know. It's easier because um, a lot of times my dad is um, out of state and going different places. Um, so he's not always there to help me. So on Google Docs, more than one people person can um, look at the document and edit the document um, at the same time in real time. So we could both um, put in links, share links, and then go there for information. We could put in information like at the same time and be writing about the same thing. So we were talking on the phone at the same time we both had our laptops out. And you could see what the other person was doing, writing like in it so that like live. Yeah, really fast precision. So it was a lot easier to do that kind of stuff. Sarah, please don't mess with me. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to switch over, and uh, Alexander's going to be in the app Office HD, and so far, this is the best way I've found to not only view Google Docs, but edit them. Anybody without any kind of special software can view public Google documents that you've shared, and you can read them. But in order to edit them right now, you have to have an app. And it may be that Google will release a free app to do this, but currently this is the best way we've found to do it. So what do you do, Alexander? You find the app. <laughs> so again, he went to Spotlight by moving over to the far left side. You edit. Correct. Yeah, you can view it. And you can write papers. I find it a lot easier. Okay. Click here, it pops up at that. You can open a file. Um, so you can get one from the cloud. There are local files that you can edit. They're just saved on your iPad. And then you can also sign into your Google account, which um, it'll just take a minute for it to come up. Yeah. As long as we didn't lose our connection. Yeah. You can see the camera. Okay, yeah, so, like, there's my folder. See, and um, I have my affirmative case um, and my negative case. Click back to Alexander and just click on the, yeah, click on the doc instead of the arrow. Okay, so this is my case for my debate. Um, which I wrote all on this iPad. That's really nice. So, if you want to edit something, you just click in here, and it will pop up with your keyboard, and you will be able to type stuff in. Whatever. Diverse. Uh, so, it makes it a lot easier to edit, and you have your... Um, all your fonts, you can edit the size, type, place, so you're able to edit all your normal word stuff, but it's all here, so it makes it really easy 
less likely to get distracted and easier to work with. All right. Awesome. Any questions or comments about working on the Google Doc? Typing. So do you use a touch type? Touch type? Is that, is that looking like a regular old-fashioned way of typing? Are you hunting and pecking with two fingers, or are you using home row? No, I don't use home row with uh, um, paper. I can't... I'm not that great of a typer yet, or really. I don't really use home row. Not as good as that. So, no. where do, where, so I, I guess I'm trying to figure out... You know, is, is an iPad a good device to type papers on? Because if, if you don't, know if you're a fast you typer, to type, I mean, you're going to learn you're going to learn how to type in a way that's other than home row. And that's good for you or bad for you? Or? Well, you can pop it up on the side, and it's the keys are big enough to use like that. Um, you just can't lay your hands on the Well, you can get the, um, the Bluetooth. With the keyboard, we have a well, yeah, but every student's right. Sarah has used that Bluetooth keyboard before, which is Actually, wireless. It's on the yeah, and it uh, every student's like it. Yeah, I like it. Sarah likes it a lot better. There's a dock that the that the iPad can, can sit in. In fact, one of the pictures I think that you got on your uh, handout is Sarah typing on the iPad with that keyboard and that dock. So I yeah, thought I could I mean, use it a lot more. You can, you can type. I mean, the keys are big enough. If you were wrong, like you don't know how to type for real yet, and is it going to be harder for you to tell yourself to learn how to type for real since you've already learned how to go pretty good? I don't know. I try to encourage I mean, my kids to use Home Row. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, I still have my laptop, yeah. and I'm using that. Um, it's mostly. I mean, I I'll have um, one or two papers, but I don't write. I mean, I can't write my papers like this at school. Or what I've found is that I take the iPad places that I partly don't take a laptop. You know, like I'll take it to Sunday school class or to a meeting that, for whatever reason, a laptop might not be welcome. But uh, the iPad, I take it out and, and type notes there. It's slower. I can type a lot faster on a regular one. Um, but it does work, and it's a matter of getting used to, like Alexander said, not having your fingers. Rest on the keys. keys. You've got to have them up. It can, you can multi-touch. Um, so you might want to think about an external um, keyboard. But honestly, I thought I would use my external keyboard a lot, and I barely ever use it. Like Sarah's used it a lot more than I have. So again, this is we're we're sort of making a square peg go into a round hole here. The iPad wasn't designed really as here's your keyboarding device for school, but it can be transformative in the sense that you end up using it in places that you wouldn't otherwise. And, oh, need a keyboard? Sure, there it is. It pops up. You know, can you be as fast on it? It, it takes some practice, you know, to get used to. Okay. Please give Alexander a hand for sharing my opportunity. Um, let's take a look if there was another application there under productivity. Um, I guess we'll just real quickly mention the Google app, and that'll we're not we're in all these cases we're not going to get to every single app that we're talking about, um, but we definitely want to mention some of the highlights. 
It's important to know for everybody who's in education, in fact, we'll ask this as a back-channel question, Google will allow your school to have a free Google Apps for your domain, which really is a wonderful thing because everyone on your staff and all your students can have their own email addresses. You have access to Google Docs, Calendar, all of these different things, and you get to regulate and manage them to a greater degree than you can when people just create their own accounts. So I, I think the state of Oregon is the only state so far to, to set that up for all of their schools. Oklahoma has looked at that as a possibility. Uh, nothing is keeping your school back right now from contacting Google, and I'll be glad to put you in touch uh, with finding the right spots to do that, to have a free Google Apps for your domain account. And so you have a domain, and everybody within that domain, uh, you get to manage um, you know, email, and they have access to these different kinds of collaborative tools. So the uh, Google application basically takes you to uh, different uh, websites and tools that Google has provided. Um, I've got a, a link here to Google Earth, which, and I don't know if I've, uh, yeah, Google Earth at the bottom. Google Earth is a separate app that you can download for free. And just like the Google Earth application that you would run on your desktop machine, it allows you to virtually go all kinds of different places on Earth. And um, it also lets you access maps that you've created or that other people have shared with you. So we're not going to go into depth about that today, but a couple weeks ago I did a workshop just on uh, Google Geo apps, which is Google Earth and Google Maps. And so your students can create a map and then access that map through their iPod, iPad or through an iPod Touch um, by using this application. Now, Google Earth is a more bandwidth intensive application, um, so it's going to, you know, d- depends as far as how fast things are rendering, how fast our internet connection is. But if I click my eye icon that's here in the bottom right corner, um, I'm going to flip it over, and it's going to give me options for things that I want to show and turn on. So I can turn on different places, different layers, Wikipedia. And if I uh, click on my Maps account, it is going to allow me to see maps that I've created in the desktop version. Uh, I will click over here so I'm not screen sharing. I will put in my password. And if I have put my password in right, um, it's asking for access to, to grant access to my Google Maps account on my phone. And I'm going to grant that access. And so after I've done that, now this icon appears that says My Maps. And so here are all the Google Maps that I've actually created on the desktop computer, but I'm being able to see them here. And there are also um, maps that other people have created as well. One of the maps that I created a while back was this one, which was um, all the one-to-one schools that we have in Oklahoma. And so I can see the information there. And if I want to go to one of these, like let's go to How Public Schools, then we can go ahead and click on that, and it's going to load up showing the information that I put with that map, and then it's going to take me to that location 
within the Google Earth uh, application. So uh, Google Earth is a fantastic application to use with your students. It's great to not only teach them how to read maps and access maps, but also how to create their own maps. And this is probably my favorite area of Google applications are the geo apps like Google Earth and Google Maps um, that, that you can access and be able to view. Um, other things to mention as far as the Google application is um, you've got access, as we mentioned earlier, to Google Reader. That's the web page version. Uh, Gmail, Calendar, Docs. This Docs is just going to, and most of these are going to go to Safari, in the case of Gmail and Google Docs, and it's going to have a mobile version of your account. So it is going to let you view documents that you've created, but at this time, it is not going to let you edit these documents. So here are the applications uh, or the, the program, the files that we've done today. Here's our survey that we created about iOS apps that we responded to. And it's going to load this spreadsheet up. And um, the, it will let me edit it, but it's a line-by-line -line editing. Uh, and it's, it's not quite as user-friendly as what you would have with um, the iPad HD. Let me open up a, a Word document. These are all spreadsheets. You have spreadsheets, presentations, documents, and also drawing documents. Um, here's what a Google document looks like. And this could have changed. I get, oh, look at that. Is it? Oh, my gosh. So this is new. All right. So there is now an edit button here. So I guess I can do some editing of my Google Doc. Wow. Right here within this document. Oh, okay. Last time I tried this, I, I wasn't able to do it. So, amend my previous statements that you have to get an app in order to do that. It appears that you can now edit not only spreadsheets, which I knew you could do line by line, but you can also edit documents um, in, this, in Safari, in the web browser. Yep, just did it. Just learned it. <laughs> Didn't know you could do that. So, learn something new every day. Absolutely. Oh, shoot, we just lost our connection, and I forgot to stop recording. So how is everyone doing as the air goes? Like, is it a little warm now? Yeah, because I, someone said it was warm, and then I went to the hotel to turn it down a little bit, but. Okay. All right, sorry, it looked like we had a little blip in our, um, in our internet access. Any questions about the Google app or H H H 
So we've got some discussion here about administrative uses, surveys. I mean, this is a huge shift, okay? We've been dominated by Microsoft and client-based applications for, for years since the computer really started. And that's been the mindset, that's been the thinking is we save it on our computer, we all have to license office, you know, that's just what we do. And people are comfortable there. There are a lot of benefits to shifting to the cloud and a one of the most important things to think about is accessibility, all right? I think all our kids need mobile devices right now. Do we have the money to do that? Not really. But I think we need more schools letting kids bring their own devices to school. The iPad and the iPhone today is going to be in everybody's device in certainly 10 years, if not 5 years. So making this shift to saying we're working in the cloud, you can get access on your device, um, you know, it's like pencils. We don't really stop school because kids didn't bring a pencil. You know, oh, you didn't bring your pencil. Here, here's one. You know, I might have to borrow your shoe or, you know, take something. But you're, you're going to be able to borrow this and use it. Hopefully technology can be the same way where kids can bring devices, um, learn how to use them appropriately and responsibly. And if they didn't bring theirs or they didn't charge theirs, then the school has, has that to provide. So um, I want to respond to a question that was posted in the back channel uh, about... Um, passing the uh, devices down, like the iPad, and, and kind of comparing it to a interactive whiteboard. Um, I didn't put it on the list, and I can add it. Um, there's a – basically, I would love – what you're talking about is, could we use this iPad and pass it around and have it up on the screen and do anything that we want to and have everybody look at it? Right now, there's a uh, product called the InterWrite Whiteboard. And it is not a tablet PC where you get to see what you're doing on the screen, but you get to see it up on the projector. So you can pass these around, have four or five of them in the room, and instead of having one whiteboard that people have to go up to the front for, you can have one on every table. Kids can write it right up there and do it, and the teacher gets to control what they see. I don't think there's an application that will quite do that fully, but there are some apps that will, will go in that direction. The one that I've used is called AirSketch. And I used it at North Texas when we were teaching the program Scratch, which Scratch is a free programming environment, but it's for telling stories, creating animations, making games. It's a free program from MIT. Anyway, that particular lab is set up with everybody's fixed desk pointing to the front, and the teacher computer's in the front, so I can't see anybody's machine or their screen to tell what they can do. So I used AirSketch, which was not free. I think it was like $5.00. And it let me put a PDF file on my iPad, and then the computer just opened up the document from my iPad. I got to scroll through it. I got to make circles on it, annotate it, and I wandered around the room while my students were working. And I got to see people who were having trouble, et cetera. So I don't think there's an app for that yet. Uh, you mentioned a couple apps. that There's a whiteboarding app. Um, I will put a category on our document for projection, uh, presentation apps. And AirSketch is one, and there's a couple others um, that we're uh, looking forward to. Please continue to put questions there in the back channel, and we'll, we'll respond to those. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, and I'm going to ask Sarah, do you want to do the music, like the jam pad? Uh, or what do you want to do first? You want to do uh, Words yeah. with Friends? Yeah. Okay, so Sarah wants to talk about Words with Friends. How many of you play Words with Friends? All right, a couple of us do. So Sarah, first off, tell us what Words with Friends is, and you have to do it on this one now. <laughs> 
Okay. And uh, then talk about Lexame, which we learned about, I learned about in, um, where's southeastern Oklahoma State? Down north of Denton, southeastern Oklahoma, southeastern Oklahoma State. Durant. Durant, that's right. The uh, dean of the art department in, in South, Southeastern told us about Lexington. So, Sarah, tell us what we're doing. Okay. Who likes to play Scrabble? <laughs> well, um, there are two different apps that you can use for Scrabble. There's actually Scrabble, and there's Words with Friends. And it's just going to take me a sec because I have to go onto my account. But, um... Oh, you can still use my account. It's okay. Go ahead and just go to the app. Click, click on your screen there to the um, screencast. Oh, uh, right, right there. Click on screencast. And then go over to the, your dock and click... Yep, that's it. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm not going to be mean and play for myself or my dad, but... Uh, it's fun. I like to use it because it's fun figuring out. But sometimes there are ways that you can, like, you know, get around and not. Um, there are helpers. Right, there are helpers. I'm going to show you some helpers. So, what you want to do to use Lexame? Does anyone use Lexame? Well, why don't you show them how to just play the game first, okay. and then show them Lexame? And play with then them? we can have a debate about the ethics of using a calculator with our math. Okay. And talk us through this. What's going on? Well, um, what you're going to do, you have your letters that you're supposed to use, and you have your board. And it, I'm going to use this S that is over here. And I'm going to come in on the S <coughs> over here. Okay, and I'm going to try to build a word. Let's see. I'm going to spell, sometimes it takes a while. Fan. Yeah. And you can't use people's names. Like, can't use proper nouns. Okay. And another way you can use it is, um, there are little things. It's, it's an app called Lexame, and in Lexame, I had it right there, and in Lexame, you can um, put in your letters, so I'm going to, do you have a pen? Okay, and you can get to put in your letters, so I'm going to go back into Word with Friends, wait until it loads, okay, and I'm going to have my dad, dad write down E. e okay, I'm going to go into another game because it's hard, it's hard to use Lexame when you have a full board because it gives you, like, how many points it's going to be and how many letters. So I'm going to go into our game. So I'm going to give him points for, his, for him. Actually, we just started. All right. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, W-E... T D I V and then we're gonna um, pick a, num a letter in here and since A is kind of common I'm gonna put in A. Also. 
Okay, and now I'm going to go into Lexamen. And I'm going to enter all my letters. And I have... Put your X there. W-E-T-D-I-V. Space for the blank. Okay, and I've got all of these different things that they said I could do. But you've got to know, sometimes it says you might get 48 as your score, and you may not get 48 as your score. Now, there's a paid version of Lexime and a free, and the free works just as good as the paid. So the only thing that the pay doesn't do, the pay just lets off this one um uh, little app that says you want to buy the new one and you don't have to look at this every time or whatever. Okay, so which one? I'm going to do um, Waviest. Waviest, okay. And it has an A in it, so. Okay, now I'm going to come back and towards the friends and I'm going to do Waviest. And the other thing that's good about playing off the A is it goes, of course, to the double letter, or the double word, rather, so it's always good to play off your double word and triple word and all that. So, thank you for helping me to the tune of... He got 26 points. Not as great as 48, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any questions about Words with Friends or... Lexman. I do have a question. Yes. Can you sign out of Words with Friends? Yes. Yes. Shall I do that, sir? Okay. So, when you go to... Well, just think about, like, if the students had it... Because they, they play each other on the iPad, I guess. Um, you do a, um, yeah, when you go to create a game, it says... Oh, they pass it back and forth. Yeah. That's probably better. Yeah. It's called Pass and Play. Hand it to a friend for a local game. Yeah. That would probably be better. You don't have to do that. You don't have to create one. Um, how do you log out of your account? How do you log out of your account? I think probably go to account settings. That sounds close. You're probably going to want to just um, limit the number of apps that kids log into and really emphasize yeah. the logging out. You know, yeah. I think Dropbox and maybe Evernote might be something that you can, but um, yeah. that's going to be a good like the side would probably be better on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and now can I show the other thing? Yes. Okay. So, uh, what do you all think of Lexime? Ethical or unethical? Well, everybody has it. Then I guess it's okay. Well, if everyone has it, then it makes it you know, Because they're still really active. I guess they're still really active. Yeah, and... Uh, and it's basically just a computer playing. Oh, yeah. Not entirely. I mean, it's... Well, it's there's still skills that's involved. And even if... She, you know, she chose... I've got... Even... <laughs> some people... That well, there's some people like well, my yeah, dad. You're super smart, right? Yeah. Like, beats you... But like a hundred points. Who knows? Maybe he's the Lexame guru too. We don't know. So what's fine to her. Okay. All right. So now we're going to shift to do some art and music apps. And sorry, go ahead. Okay. I'm going to brush it. I would say go ahead and do it in the iPad instead. And we will adjust here a little bit and apologize that this isn't going to be quite as ideal for our remote viewers. But this is, this is the best application for doing art and drawing that I've seen on 
uh, an iPad or an iPhone. Um, here, honey, you don't want to move the camera. Try to get oriented here. Ah, our duct tape is getting tired. Fix our high-tech rig here. Okay, uh, that looks pretty good. All right, that's better. More time. One second. Okay, I am going to come into brushes, and there are two art and music games. I, I mean, art and music apps I like, and they are um, brushes. I don't think my dad has it on this one, but in doodle pad, doodle buddy. You can show jam, the jam pad if you want to okay. first. I like jam pad too. Um, there's jam pad and there's virtuoso, and they're and they're small. Mule, and they're all on your list. List, huh? And I like Jam Pad because it like gives you a lot. Of, all of them like give you different things you can do. This is one of my favorites because like you can get a little thing that's coming in with you. And but here I need to turn it up. And I'm just going to sing part of a song that I like. Dad, my dad helps me play on the real piano. This is Jam Pad. Okay. And it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Well, that's another game I like, but the other one... Hold on, go back there for a second. <laughs> like virtuoso, I think it's a little more high tech because there's two keyboards you can play on. I don't really know how you do that. I guess it's for a duet, but like you can play a duet with someone. Kind of like an organ. How you well, have? It's like, like you could both be playing. And there's a wonderful video, which I don't have linked, but I'll put it on. It's a winter concert with kids at a school doing an iPad-enhanced concert. And they've got drums, and they've got keyboard, and they have guitar, and the whole deal. And it's all with iPads. But I'm pretty sure my favorite is the Smule. I like the Ocarina. 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 And um, this one is the glow-in-the-dark one. This is Smule, though, right? So this is Smule piano, magic piano. But then you can change it, and you can do like with the one like this, and you can go. Go, go to for release, though, and let's, let's do the, the songs. Because what it'll do with the magic piano is I'm going to go to songbook. I'm going to play for Elise, and... some of the fingering, it's going to try and enhance, yeah, you can. Uh, help you like, out, you know, where you don't have to get it perfect. Caroline, she, but it's fun because it has, like, all those dots, and so you've got to, like, follow the dots. <coughs> I'm not doing it right, but... Some of these apps are obviously going to lend themselves more to just having fun with music, and others are going to be apps that you're going to actually use to 
play, play piano pieces that you know or to learn how to play the piano better. But this I, is an example of an app that's really for non-musicians that you don't have to have lots of musical well, skills. they have this and you can... But I'll... I'll and there's... I like this one best because you can just... And then there's... So those are a couple musical apps. Now Sarah's going to take us to brushes, brushes which if you're going to invest in an art application, this would be my number one recommendation. It is. I have two choices, which is Doodle Buddy and Brushes. I like Brushes and Doodle Buddy. I like Doodle Buddy because it has stamps and stuff, and it's like more playing around, but Brushes is more like high-techy, like a real artist might use. But um, these are some collages I've used before. Show us how you can play back what you've created in the past. Because that's one of the features that's neat about it is you can play back. And I've got this one. So she's going to hit the play button. And it's going to play back how she actually created this entire collage. So it records step by step what you do to create the drawing or the collage or whatever. And then it replays it all. So at the World Creativity Forum in November, they had someone who is a very talented iPad artist using brushes. And he drew caricatures of different people like Dan Pink and Sir Ken Robinson and David Pogue and other speakers. And then when he showed in one of the breaks his iPad, he actually pushed play and then it drew the whole thing. So you can see how he drew part and him he erased and then he added and all the effects and things that he did. And this Going to turn it down. So what are you doing? And I'm going to take the screenshot. And now I'm going to go take another one. The same thing. And I'm going to do two more. So tell us overall, what are you doing? You're you're in the iTunes program, or you're in the media program, iPod program. And you're taking screenshots, but why are you doing this? What's your purpose? Because I would like to make a collage of all my favorite music artists. And I kind of want them to see, like, what I listen to and who I like. Okay, but the cool thing, why I'm showing you on the iPad is, like, when you go back into brushes, When you go back into brushes, I love the brushes on the iPad because when you, you want to put pictures in here, okay, you look at your saved photos, and I'm going to put, this is one of the things, but you get to drag and pinch because this is going to make your um, collage because you can pinch it. Ooh, wait. Do we have time to go do and cut out the block? Yeah, you can review that. Okay. This thing we did earlier, and uh, what was that? App again? Yeah, uh, Photoshop. No, it's CS. It's under uh, photo editing. Okay. So now I'm gonna come back in here, and I don't really like the black parts, and so black parts in the top of here. I don't like those to be in my collage, and so I'm gonna crop. So it's just Taylor. 
Okay. Okay, and now I did that, okay, and I can press save, and now it's saving it to my photos. Now I'm going to select my next photo. Sarah did a screencast of this over Christmas, and uh, I can put that link on where she actually recorded with the screen, recording what she was doing, and I used my iPhone over her shoulder, and she talked through the whole process of doing that. So you can, I'll give you a, a you know, link that or whatever, you can show that to your kids too, because she, she did this whole thing in about four minutes, but we recorded it as an iPhone video that's on YouTube. Sorry, go ahead. Honey. No, I'm just finishing it up, so I'm just pressing... The crop button, cropping it, and now I'm just cropping each picture that I chose in iPod. You can see there's a few differences between the iPhone version and the iPad version of Photoshop Express. But just like before, you're having to save it in order for it to go into your um, photo album. We're just going through the same process. Okay, this is my last one. So now... We get to do it. Okay, now I'm going to come back. Now talk a little bit about the rotating because we haven't talked about that. Okay. What do you mean, like rotating like this? Yep. Well, sometimes you need to pick up your iPad and actually physically move it, you know, so that it orients the way that you want it to. Look down so they can see that on See, if you had it like this, you might have to lift it up. Lift it up. And then set it down. Yep. And just get it to orient the way that you want it. Because you can, in the case of like brushes, you can work either in landscape mode or you can be in portrait mode. Okay, now I'm going to do this. And now that you've done all that thing of picking your pictures and cropping it, now this is the fun part. Okay, and now again you have your picture. Look, no black. Um, put her... Ooh, I don't have to do this. So I'm going to put that, and I'm going to put a little angle, and I'm going to accept it. But now that you've put it there, you can't, like, change it or anything. If you would like to change it, you'd have to delete it, and then you'd have to um, get it in there again. And um, So it's like kid picks where you paint it onto the canvas, and you've got to use the eraser to erase it. it it's not a layer that you can re-edit. Okay, and I'm going to put that there. It's okay if it's not all on there because this is a collage. And, you know, collages aren't, you know. Okay, and I'm going to... See, and they can overlap, too. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to have them overlap, but this one's going to overlap a little bit. Okay, and now I've got all my pictures. I'm going to choose my color. So what color should I use on my um, outside, or my background? But now I'm going to change the texture. Um, since this is my bottom layer, I'm going to make it a little smudgy, kind of like smoky. Okay, and I'm going to the, I'm filling the hole, and it's fine if it overlaps the picture, because I think it gives it a little pizzazz, or, <laughs> yep, pizzazz. Yeah, 
our imperfect document camera screen. That's okay. You're doing great. it up. But I like, um, the reason why I like brushes is you can do this and you can change, like, the layering, that's hard to mess around with. And you can change, like, texture and stuff. So you're, they're different brushes, and so you're changing how that brush acts, like what the opacity is, what the pattern of it okay, is. Okay, another color. You can do teal, hot pink, red, yellow, green, teal. blue. Teal, teal by all means. <laughs> okay, and for the next, you can do whatever textures, but I kind of like to go in my blue. And I like this one around the pictures. I'm going to save the border for last because after you're done with all the outlining them and everything, um, you, then you should do the border because it may mess up the border. You could make these smaller, like on my next one. I'm going to choose a different color. You have about two minutes to wrap this up. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe. I, yeah. Okay, you're doing good. And question. I'm going to go to my green. I'm not to lean too far forward, though, because you can see your hair. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm going to change it to, I want it to stay there, but I'm going to change it to be a little skinnier for the camera. But, like, it can kind of change it a little bit. Oh, wait. My teal is gone. That's okay. Just I'll show it to you. Yeah. I'm going to be quick. I'm just going to do the same one and all of them so I can get in with them. Okay. Now that I've gotten that, I'm going to come in with a different color. And I'm, going to, I'm going to come in with pink. And I'm going to come in with this. And I'm just going to kind of, you know, give you some extra for your eyes to look at. Okay, and now I'm going to the border, and I'm going to be very plain, and I'm going to do it in black, but watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to come here, and I'm going to get the darkest one, I'm going to make it very thick. And so, I'm going to come around, oh no, I got him swinging on this. So now, I have to put the uh, back or the erase button. Undo. Undo, undo. And this might come over them too. But I kind of fix it to where it's not, like, going over the whole picture. And if you mess up, like, that's a little overlapping or whatever, it doesn't really matter because art isn't about being perfect. It's about showing your personality. Mm, very nice. Okay. Now, <coughs> yes, it is actually. All right. So, Sarah, Now I'm going to finish it up by putting some white and a little bit more for your eyes to see. Right. So, Sarah, you have now created this in brushes, and what do you have to do if you want to share this with someone else? Well, Alexander, first I'm going to go to the gallery. Maybe. And then you can mail it. You can add the photos. You can copy the image. You can mail image. You can mail actions or send a flicker. So why don't you add the photos? I'm going to add the photos, and I'm also going to mail it. 
for myself. Okay. We're going to go ahead and take a 10-minute break here in just a minute, but before Sarah leaves the stage here, does anybody have a question or comment about brushes? Or where's his friends? Yeah, or the music Who do you play where's his friends with? Well, to tell you exactly, <laughs> I'm trying to get my friend that I've been playing with play with this one. She said, since her sister plays it, gets a little annoying. So. Mainly she's played it with family. So I used to play like on like mom and dad's iPhone and stuff, but now I get to play. I played with I play with my dad, my grandma, my aunt, and my mom. And I declined with some person. Yeah, we did we got a strange invitation. I'm not sure who that was, so we declined. All right. Well, we are going to take a 10-minute break, and when we come back, we're going to have about 40 minutes to wrap up, and we're going to focus on the sharing applications and the digital storytelling applications, so how we can take pictures, record our voice. We already heard about AudioBoo a little bit, but I'm going to talk about other applications um, that are going to let us combine voice narration with pictures to create videos and stories and things like that. Please put uh, questions into our back channel chat if you've got them. And I'll go back to our demo here. And we've got our timer. See you back in 10 minutes.
else. And let's make sure. I